Greetings, online community. Oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> Greetings. Oh, that's way better. You are about to enjoy an amazing service and a message about one of Echo's core values about gathering around the table. Echo Church is your place, your people, and your purpose. We want to take a moment to welcome you, whoever you are. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Hi, Nelson. <laughs> Hi, Sherry. <laughs> there they are. Hi, Lonnie. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Jim, did you get your soul repaired? Jim, but All for right. real, <laughs> would you connect with us? Like, comment, message us today, and let us know how we can pray for you. Uh, hey, Jordan. Yeah, that's me. Do you know what All the Rage is about? No, I don't. Uh, parking lot party, October 31st. Yes, clap offering. <laughs> yes. It's a family-friendly event for you. Invite your family, the neighbors, your coworkers to Echo. And afterwards, doing some tailgating with us, DMS. Don't miss that Sunday with that <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah. Echo Church, we want to pause and say thank you for your investment and your generosity towards Echo. If you are looking to give to Echo today, you can head to our website, text any amount to 84321, or fill out... Oh, you can't fill out an envelope because you're online. So you better be here next week if you can. But you can give online, and you can also enjoy today's service. Peace.
I wanna be 
be tried by fire today. <laughs> Purify our hearts like that child in the back, Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Father, bring us to a place for us to receive today. As a child would, Jesus. Give us childlike faith today, Father. Refine us, Jesus. Nothing but you in your kingdom today, Lord. your refining, Jesus. Have our hearts, have our lives, Jesus, today. Prepare us for your message today. Prepare us for what you're doing today to not just sit back on the silence, but to step out in faith and be a vessel for your kingdom today, Jesus.
your heavenly name. For you deserve all the honor and the glory and the praise today, Jesus. You are holy, holy, holy Lord. Father, I pray that our praise would be pleasing to you and that you would hear our prayers today. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for this church, Jesus. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for the word that you have prepared for us today. I ask that we would receive it in your mighty name, Jesus. We pray this. Some of those foods that we used to eat when we were children. How's that? You know, food that was like all the rage. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, one of my favorite comedians out there, Jim Gaffigan. And Hot Pockets. Come on. Everybody raise your hand if you used to eat Hot Pockets when you were little. I mean, those were all the rage. I mean, they did not last in my home ever. It was amazing. How about this? If if, uh, if if that molten lava didn't melt your mouth away, uh, put some pizza rolls in the oven, and your life is changed. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about, man. I can't believe I'm still alive to talk about it. Uh, how about this? There was like a brand new soda that came out when I was young, and it was called Surge. Man, that was all the rage. Just for a second, about six months, and then it was gone. What they didn't know is actually the cure, of co a cure to COVID. So, okay, you didn't, you didn't think that was funny. So I'll continue to move on. If that wouldn't, if that wouldn't help, then uh, how about this easy cheese? I mean, bolster your immune systems with a little bit of easy cheese. Y'all know, you guys know what that is? Come on, you guys are all looking at judging me like I can't believe you eat that. I know you ate that. Like yesterday, you went to Cub Foods and went and picked it up. Okay, it's all the rage. How about this? If uh, I remember, actually, I kind of got some anger and I need to seek some counsel in this. But I was, when I was little uh, and I was in school, I remember my mom and dad always packed lunches. Anybody like that again? And I would sit next to my friends and, and they didn't have the peanut butter sandwich with like homemade popcorn. Like I hated that then, you know, like, uh, but they had the Lunchables. That was all the rage, man. And I didn't get to live that dream ever, uh, which I'm kind of glad at the moment. So how about this one? Uh, how about Banquet TV dinners for $1.38? Come on, come on, confession is good for thy soul. Anybody? Banquet or just TV dinners in general. I see the hand. I see that hand. I'm glad you're alive to talk about it. It's awesome. And how about this? I know uh, every single one of you, you've had this at some point in your life, uh, or you have it in your uh, cupboard now. How about this? Can I hear an amen for SpaghettiOs? <laughs> that was all the rage, man. All the rage. Man, I'm bringing up all this food because I want to talk about uh, one of Echo's core values, uh, one of the core values. And if you went on our website and you clicked about the About page, uh, you would see this written in it, because this is what we stand for. Uh, everyone is welcome to the table of God. So we're committed to both a logical hospitality and intentionally, and intentionally sitting around the table together as often as we can. We, we bring what we have serious about serving one another as we follow Jesus. Here at Echo, we're all about tables. 
And let me say that, that's kind of like a, a pretty figurative statement, right? Tables, like what, what do I exactly mean about it? Here's the brass tacks. We're committed to get into a certain proximity with people. I actually think there's a value of gathering together. I think there's a value in sitting next to somebody. I think there's a value of stepping into someone's home and you uh, and them walking into your home and, and, and step into relationships, not only with each other, but with Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Come on, second service, you gotta help me out today. I know you're the better service. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, I, I walked away last service, very frankly, and I went to my office and I almost cried, okay? So I need your help today. I need your help. I, okay, woe is me. Woe is me. Not really. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel great about myself, but anyway, that's another sermon. But anyway, uh, but, you know, just help me out. You know, let's have a little fun here today. Uh, I was reading a book, um, one of my favorite books, actually. Any readers here today? Uh, any lo- people who love reading? Uh, Tim Chester is the author, and he writes a book called A Meal with Jesus. I mean, I, I, I actually, it's one of my favorite books all time. And he writes in his, and this is where we kind of like start getting serious. Uh, He writes in in that book, he says, Jesus didn't run projects. He didn't establish ministries. He didn't create programs. He didn't put on events. Now, all those are great things. Those are all good things. But what he did is he ate meals. That's what Jesus did. He wasn't afraid to step into proximity with people. He wasn't afraid of what a relationship and uh, what a relationship is and how it might affect him. And so today what I want to do is, is I actually kind of want to read a bunch of, of scriptures up front. And then I kind of want to deconstruct the table to reconstruct the table to motivate us all to step into a table today. Can I hear an Oh me. I, I, I tricked you. I tricked him. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 7. That's like horrible pastor's jokes, okay? Some bad dad jokes, okay? Doing great, doing great, okay. Luke chapter 7, verse 36, it says, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. Okay, now I'm gonna read the, uh, I'm gonna read actually four longer scriptures and it all has uh, to do with Jesus stepping into a relationship with people. It has something to do with sitting at the table, sitting in a home, and, and there's, there's actually four phenomenal stories. There's actually more of that, more of those in Luke, but I knew you didn't want to be here for two hours. So we're sticking with four. Uh, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with them, and when he went into the home of the Pharisee, uh, or he went into the home of the Pharisee and he took a place at the table. A woman who lived in the town, a sinner, who was aware that he was eating at the home of the Pharisee, brought an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, stood behind Jesus at his feet, and he wept until tears began to wet his face. She wept until tears began to drip on his feet. And she wiped his feet with her own hair, kissed his feet, and poured perfume on them. In verse 39, when the Pharisees who invited him saw what was going on, I mean, this was a moment. He said to himself, if this man were really a prophet, if he was really a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what sort of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And then Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something 
to say to you. Look at your neighbor and say, I have something to say to you. I don't know what that is yet, but I ain't got something to say. Awkward. How about this? Luke, Luke chapter 10, flip a few pages, 10 verse 38. On their way, Jesus and his disciples came to the village where the woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. There was an invitation. But she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and heard what he had to say. Most likely, this is the scene around the table. This is where they're gathering. This is where they're connecting. This is where they're eating. This is where he's teaching. But in verse 40, Martha was busy with all the work to be done. Uh, And so going up to him, she said, Sir, don't you care that my sister has been leaving me to do all the work for myself? However, the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are fretting and worrying about so many things, but there is only one thing that is essential. And Mary has chosen the right thing, and it won't be taken away from her. Okay, how about this? One more turnover to uh, one more page here in Luke chapter 11, verses 37. Hang in tight. I got two more stories to read. It says uh, in 11, verse 37, as Jesus spoke, a Pharisee asked him to eat dinner with him. So he went in and he took his place at the table. Everybody say the table. Table. Making sure you're there. And the Pharisee was surprised that he didn't begin with ceremonially washing his hands. Okay, every every mother go, oh my. (laughs) However, the Lord said, now then, you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside you are full of robbery and wickedness. Fools. Didn't the one who made the outside make the inside too? I mean, that's, I mean, kids, are you taking notes here? Kids, are you taking notes? You see the ammo you have? Okay, how about this last scripture? Again, these are all in context of the table in proximity with people. In Luke chapter 14, verses one, it says, on Sabbath, Jesus went to eat in the home of one of the leading Pharisees. And they were watching him closely. In front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid. Now let me pause here because I don't want you to miss this. The Pharisees have invited this man to come to the meal. And they are now watching Jesus and how he's going to respond. And Jesus spoke up and asked, the Torah expert, the law expert, their Bible expert, the Bible thumpers and the Pharisees. Does the Torah, does the law allow healing on the Sabbath or not? But they said nothing. So taking a hold of the man that was sick, he healed him and he sent him on his way. And then he said, which of you, if a son or an ox falls into a well, will hesitate to haul him out on the Sabbath? And to these, thing, they could, to these things, they could give no answers. I'm reading all these scriptures to you today because I think they illustrate uh, why we deconstruct the calling that God has on our life to step into proximity with others. I also think that it has some things that we can begin to learn and begin to con- and show us why the Lord constructed the table uh, and relationships to begin to benefit us. And that's kind of what I want to do today uh, with this wonderful kids table. Anybody got one of these at your house? Okay, anyway, uh, I, had, I had this up in one of our forts and I had to like, like 
you know, get it out of there, shimmy it out there. And then I had to like get a bunch of like, and they drew, my kids drew, I mean, it was like graffiti, uh, like crazy. But anyway, this is best as I could. Uh, but I want to tell you today uh, the four reasons why you shouldn't come in proximity to people according to these stories. The first, one of the first, uh, one of those legs and uh, we need to take away from the table that I believe that the Lord had created. The reason why you shouldn't step into a relationship with others, why you shouldn't step into a table, why you shouldn't invite anybody over to your house, why you should probably send your kids into the other room while you eat is this, is interruptions and inconveniences. I think Jesus' interactions with his disciples and he's sitting there at the table and with the Pharisees and the woman comes and she interrupts the plan and the very uh, purpose that he was there. If you go to a table, if you're committed to relationships, are you committed to one another? Guess what? You will get interruptions. There will be inconveniences. Last hour, I was able to do this. Yes. It may not stand, but there it is. The second reason why to deconstruct, I think, the table and why we, let me just say is why we, and we, maybe none of you are thinking about this, but I, this is the reason why it's hard to step into relationship, relationships is because relationships take work. You ever been in a relationship with somebody and, and you're doing all the work and the other person's doing nothing? Yeah. <laughs> well, counseling for you after service (laughs) free of charge (laughs) but we've all been in those relationships we've all been in maybe groups maybe we've we've been in social groups maybe we were at workspace and you're doing all the work but someone else is enjoying the rest of it and and guess what it's just not fair reason why I think why we deconstruct the purpose that God has for us to step into relationship with others how about this one it's easier to step away from relationships because of judgment (laughs) it's so much easier it's so much easier to sit behind a screen than it is to step onto a table because it's way easier to judge behind something than to be judged when you walk into a space and when we go into a relationship with others, we, we, we subject ourselves to judgment. They may not like us. They may not like that we didn't wash our hands before the meal. They may not like our preferences. They may not like our thoughts. They may not like our political stances. And that's the reason why it's easier to sit behind a screen than step into a relationship. That's why we just deconstruct, I think, the table. And the last deconstruction, the reason why we walk away from relationships and we walk into being committed to one another is this, is sickness. Because when we go to the table, when we step into relationship, man, it's, it's not only the good times that we get to celebrate with one another, it's the bad times that we're supposed to support one another. How many of you know that that when someone's sick in your, your family, and it could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be mentally, that, that, that taxes you. When you're within a relationship, when you're in a friendship group, it, it, it's difficult to, to maintain our comfort zone when we've got to be concerned about other people and their well-being. 
I find what I find absolutely fascinating about the man who is sitting at the table, who who is swollen and 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 has has issues with his body, is is I don't think it's by chance that they invited that type of guy in because that society would have been extremely considerate to any kind of skin disease. And this one might not be a skin disease, but it was sure close to it. And, and for Jesus to touch this man was, was displaying his willingness to become sick himself, to be deemed unclean. And I think so many of us, when we, we think of stepping into a community with others, to get involved with friendships, to, to be intentional, it's, it's just really easy to encourage and to, uh, and to convince ourselves to run the other way. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Am I just speaking to the choir today? That's why I think we deconstruct the table. But this is what you will need to construct the table, is you're going to need a little bit of courage. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, have courage. And have two hands. Can you just imagine the woman walking into that religious space? And she's a sinner. Have you ever walked into a relationship and you feel like you've got nothing to offer? Have you ever walked into a community of people, maybe a workspace where, where man, you just feel like the underdog and you're not sure if you're gonna make it? I mean, I'm gonna tell you, if you wanna step into life-giving relationships, you're gonna step into a community that God has ordained you to step into it, then we're gonna have to have muster a little bit of courage. Every look at your neighbor and say, have courage. At the same time, uh, in order to, to stay in a relationship with, with others and I believe to receive from people, we've, we've got to just relax a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think some of us, we, we, we fail to step into relationship because we just look at it and go, okay, well, there's so much work and I just don't know how to relax because I find a lot of self-value in what I do instead of what I can receive. And so if we're going to construct the table that God has ordained for us, I believe we've got to just relax. Look at your spouse and say, relax just a little bit. You can, dirty house won't hurt anybody. Oh my, I'm preaching to somebody. I just heard someone like jolt someone in the side and they're like, oh, that hurt. You're cleaning the bathroom today. How about this? If we're going to construct what God has designed, for us to construct in relationship with others, we've got to be okay with differences. <laughs> but you're like, Pastor, I just like hanging out with everybody that's the same, <laughs> that thinks like me, and sounds like me, and smells like me. But I think what God has ordained with relationships, what He's ordained with tables is being okay with differences. Some people wash their hands and some people don't. And that's where wisdom needs to take place. You, you get that food quick and first. That's, that was free, by the way, that was free. And if we're gonna construct what God has ordained to have, have in our life, that we're gonna really begin to step into life-giving relationships in the form of table and, 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 uh, and committed relationships, then, then I believe we've got to position ourselves to be able to critically consider your own thoughts and your own beliefs. That a moment at the table could become a movement in your heart. 
A moment at the table could become a movement in our heart. And when I don't want to be at Echo Church is the stagnant church where we just formulate everything and figure it out and then say, we've got all the answers and you don't, and here it is. I want to be a church that, that is willing to sit at the table with all different types of people and different thought and, 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 and yet put our hope and trust in Jesus and just be patient enough to know that the Lord is working with the person that's sitting on the other side of the table, but also he's patient to work with you. Oof. I think one of the issues that we have in the modern day culture is this. As we've made our tables too small. I mean, really, I mean, we've, we've, <laughs> our tables get smaller and our screens get bigger. You realize that, okay? Less the table time, more the screen time. And I think we've got to begin to learn how to grow comfortable in sitting at a table and, and not just with ourselves. And, 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 you know, this table has had a lot of tea parties on it. And it's nice that, that I can fit here and my daughters can fit here. Uh, but, but I just wonder if we could be this church where we're not comfortable with the tiny table, we, we grow comfortable with the big table. And that like, like we all bring our little tables that fold up really nice and put in the closet and, 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 and metaphorically and figuratively speaking that we kind of like carry that card table and we put it out and we're okay with everybody else bringing their tables around us too. And that we could all collectively sit at the table with Jesus at the center. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you what, <laughs> it's gonna take a little courage. It's gonna take a little patience. It's gonna take a little bit of a... Um, Humility. Because it's much easier to sit at the table than it's only fit for me. Barna reports in one of their studies that there's been a 33% decrease in families eating together in the last three decades. A 33% decrease in families eating together in the last three decades. And how about this? A 45% decline in entertaining friends. And I bring that up because I, I um, as we talk about Echo values and what's all the rage here at Echo, and relationships are all the rage here. I want to be committed to, to step towards the table and not away from the table. I want to be a, 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 a person that, that just is surrounded by people always. And, and I, I happen to look back at my life here and I was thinking about how I grew up and my parents were very, very relational and I really appreciated that. And I remember after church on Sundays when we were young, we'd always go to my grandpa's house and while he was alive and, and my brother and my cousin and I would constantly wrestle out in the grass. Anybody relate to that story? Um, as 2021, you can't do this now, but in the 1980s, when my brother and I and my cousin would wrestle, my, bro my cousin and I were younger than my brother. 
So we were always the underdogs. We would always wrestle him. And, and with this one particular time, or actually more than one time, our goal was to wrestle until he got naked. <laughs> and I apologize. I apologize for that. But I want to tell you this. Be close, be close, be, this was not my, this was not planned. Uh, be close to proximity of people because guess what? Sometimes you see more than you want to see. But I miss that moment where we get to go to my grandpa's house. And then we were just okay with being kids again. We were okay with wrestling. We were okay with fighting each other. You know, we were okay with having fun and, 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 and honestly, I meant no harm, so forgive me if that story, <laughs> uh, you're like, I'm never coming back. Um, but I remember as I grew up, we would always have my pastors over at my house. And like my parents' house wasn't a big house. The living room and the dining space was not big. My parents always tried to clean it and they weren't ashamed to invite someone over. I remember meal after meal after meal, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. I remember my dad would bring people home that were just odd. Y'all know that odd person. And I, and I remember when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. I was like, Dad, why are you bringing this one guy home? And like, what's wrong with him? He doesn't talk. And my dad uh, at some point told me, he was, Andy, he was, he, when he was working at the mill, got his hand caught in a machine and it, in essence, smushed him. And he lost certain capabilities. And I sat in a home where my dad began to teach us the importance of relationship and to invite people that didn't look like you, that didn't sound like you, didn't think like you, but still needed some love. I remember I moved to Rochester about 20 years ago and I started ministry and and one thing that I, I found that was odd is I was never invited over to anybody's house. I've never gotten the hint. Still trying to figure that one out. But I think what happened is by the time I had graduated from, from uh, high school and graduated from college and started into ministry, there was a cultural change where we start walking away from the table. We start walking away from the invitation. We start walking away from relationships. And, and I just wonder if we can take, take a step towards God today, that we can take a step towards moving against that I think that a horrible disconnect of people that God has ordained uh, to be a reality in our life. Because this is what I see is Jesus constantly sat at, ta at a table knowing what bad could happen. But Jesus sat there anyway because he knew what good could happen when we live in close proximity with others. I have an issue with our small individual tables. I, in fact, I believe that God is calling us to expand our tables, to, to be okay with, with, with bigger tables and, 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 uh, and more seats at the table because God's kingdom is always expanding. And, and, and the reason, I want to give you four reasons, four more reasons to expand your tables because this is what happens when Jesus is at the table. Tables were intended to be a place of forgiveness. That's what happens at the table. 
And if we say no to the table, I think there are some forms and there are some opportunities that we miss because we're not in proximity to people. Some of us, we're so deathly afraid to to open up our home because of past hurts, past shame, past disappointments. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering if we could see that a future opening and a stepping at a table uh, could be an opportunity for forgiveness for us to push past the past and move towards the future and what God has for us. How about this? At the table, the spirit always makes investment. It's it's Martha's worried about what's happening, but Mary is sitting there receiving what the Lord wanted for her. I think that only happens, or uh, actually it's a very good space to be when you're sitting at a table with humility, willing to receive more than you give. That's when the spirit begins to invest in you. How about this? The third reason why you should go to the table. This is the the, the third reason why or what happens at the table. At the table, we find truth. If Jesus is at the table, if he's at the center at the table, his word is at the table and his truth can be found. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what your interpretation is. I think it's actually the collective group coming in and and, and staying true to God's word is when truth can truly be revealed. And, And in fact, I would say this, let's not be a church that is afraid of a little bit of argument, a little bit of disagreement, Let's not run away from the difference. Let's run to the difference, understanding that God can truly make the difference within us. How about this, the table, and this is what I feel like the Lord wants to do inside people today, is at the table, there is healing. There's healing. Some of you, you've been praying for the Lord to heal you. Some of you are dealing with mental instability, mental health issues. Some of you have physical health issues. Some of you have emotional rooted issues. And, and, and today I just sense, as I'm talking about the tables and tables and in proximity with others in proximity to Jesus. At the same time, Jesus wants to bring a healing to you today. Some of you have past hurts. Some of you have past regrets. And Jesus, Jesus is saying this, is you know what, you might not have been healed yesterday, but I'm, I'm calling you to keep returning to the table because his work's not done. Jesus today as we um, we reveal the deconstruction of the importance of relationship and how some of us we carry those excuses maybe we've never even thought of it but we know it's us God today I just ask that you would help us reconstruct reconstruct the table and the importance of relationship and proximity to you. God, I just ask that you would give us the courage, that you give us the guts, that God, you would give us, uh, uh, give us the attitude of humility, God, the willingness to, to take a step towards you today. 
And God, today we lean into your healing. We lean into your work. We, learn, we lean into your word. And we lean into your people, understanding that's where you do your best work. Do it today, Jesus. Amen. Now I bring up all this table stuff because I, I wanna uh, do a shameless commercial. Tables are kicking off today. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, tables are kicking off today. Tables are not a program. It's a place where difference can start in your life, where God can begin to make a difference in your life. I'm not about programs. I'm all about people in proximity with others and Jesus. We don't put all this effort on to just like feel good about numbers that are padded of people that are gathering together. I feel good because people are connecting with others and you're pursuing Jesus together. So I'm just telling you today that that, Jesus, that, that tables are for the single parent. Uh, parent uh, uh, tables are for the single. Parents are, 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 tables are for the couple. Tables are for the addicted. Tables are for the athlete. Tables are for women. They're for men. They're for teens. They're for young adults. Tables are for the lonely. They're, they're for the tired. They're for the cynic and they're for the scholar. And I'll tell you why a table is for you is because Jesus is for you. And he constructed the table for you to step onto it, to step into it, and to bring what you have and to receive what he has. I'm just wondering if we'd follow him there. Now, let me just tell you how we've made tables simple to you. Three things. Number one, they're in trimester form. And the reason why we do a trimester form of prayer, that means they, they start three times a year, is we want an easy on-ramp and we want to give you an easy off-ramp. Because some, I just, I, I want everybody to have like the spirit of just trying, and don't feel like you're stuck there forever. Can I hear it? Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, oh, purgatory. <laughs> like, no, these are not my people. Andy's weird. How about this? The second thing you need to know about uh, table communities is their free market system. I believe there's something for everybody. And there's not, if there's not something for you, then let us help you start something for you and others. The free market system means this, is, is guess what? You can go rock climbing or you can have a Bible study. You want to go get coffee? You go do that. You want to watch the Vikings lose, win, I mean, whatever you might be. Hey, I put win, I put win, I put win, okay, I put win. I put win in there, I put win there. Kirk Cousins, I went to his, his dad's pastor, uh, dad's a pastor, I went to his church. I'm a big fan. Uh, but there is something for you. And guess what? I am a total believer for some of you that are like, you walk in echo and you're like, man, I am not religious. That's okay. Then go bike. That's all right. That's, we have that space for you. But if you want to go deeper, there's something deeper for you. Okay. The third thing is this. You have to understand about tables and then understand relationships. Like that, this ties into you and your relationships. Invitation is the fuel for a successful table. And you might not be having an official table, but would you begin to invite people to your table? Because if you want to experience fuel for your life, then, then learn the art of the invitation. I guess what, I've grown really, really, really good at inviting people over, but I've also really grown really, really gifted in inviting myself over to people's house. And some of you just need to learn it. 
I mean, the worst thing they can tell you is no. Hopefully they say yes. <laughs> that's what you need to know about table communities. There are some, uh, there's some QR codes back there. There's some amazing leaders. There, uh, there's some awesome opportunity for you. You can go on the website, sign up. We want you to be a part of it, not because it's a program, but because we believe in you as people. Uh, the other thing that I, I just want to bring up is, is uh, as we take the corner and remember Jesus and what he did on the cross and what he did on this earth is I want to, to remember one of the last invitations that he gave his disciples before he died. And that was an invitation to the table. And so if you have your grape juice and you have your tasteless wafer, I want to take a moment where we remember Jesus and the cost that he paid. And as we put the wafer and the bread in our hand, I want to remember, I want to be reminded of how God and Jesus, God, fully God, fully man, was broken for you. That he was bruised for you. That Jesus consistently walked into a table knowing what bad could happen, but yet knowing and believing the good that could happen. And today, as we take a step towards Jesus, as we remember what he did for us, let us remember the the broken body that was broken for you. That if you were the only person on this earth, I believe that Jesus would have come and he would have laid his life down for you because you're worth it. Jesus, today we come and we we, uh, think about your body being broken for us and we just simply say thank you. We thank you for the effort and we thank you for the invitation the invitation to the table to remember what you did for us. Not what we did for you, but what you did for us. And today we remember how you were bruised. You were broken. Not for one, but for all. In Jesus' name. And everybody says thank you and partake. As you open up the grape juice, I'd ask that you would stand up. And what I want to do is, as we do every week, I want, to, I want to take a step towards Jesus today. We can take, take a step towards Jesus because he took a million towards you when he laid his life down for you. And there's some of you, you feel far from God. For some of you, you're disappointed with God because he hasn't healed you. He hasn't brought restoration. You feel distant because you haven't heard his voice. You haven't felt his presence. And today is an invitation. And the invitation is this, is a simple surrender. And this is what we are committed to as a church, as we remember his blood and how it was broken, not only for our forgiveness, but our healing and our restoration and our renewal uh, together as a church. Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again all with all I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority, amen. Is anybody thankful for Jesus today? Anybody thankful for the table of the Lord? I am too. Sing my 
You know, about a month ago, something occurred to me. We were, uh, we were at a family from the church's house and there's three other families that were invited over and we were there. And I was talking to Pastor Andy, who was one of the families there and I was like, Andy, do you get invited to people's houses? Because in my mind, I, I like, I don't know if you, like, you notice how you don't know something until you, it's like right in front of you. And I was like, we got invited to somebody's house for dinner. And it was like this aha moment. Like, we just don't, like, like we don't get invited to dinner. Now, this is not a plug to get invited to your house for dinner. I, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue, but nonetheless. What I noticed, though, is if we're not, if we're not willing to maybe open up our lives a little bit and open up our homes a little bit, we're kind of missing out. You know what I mean? You're just kind of missing out on those things. And so uh, Andy's response back to me was, people don't invite people over for dinner anymore. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, I was reading some book. And then he just quoted it today, 45% less in the last three decades. We are seeing our friends half as often in our homes, in community, in relationship than we were 30 years ago. I'm not gonna say the world is perfect 30 years ago and we all know it ain't perfect today, but I think it'd be probably taking a step in the good direction if we maybe spent more time, opened up our doors, opened up our homes and had people at our table. Let me tell you something, doesn't matter how big your house is, doesn't matter how small your apartment is, doesn't matter any of those things, those are not what's important. And I think sometimes culturally as Americans, we let those things hold us back. It's not what's important, it just isn't. You know what is important? An open heart and an open door, you know? Now, one of the things that we do is we have table communities here because one, I guess we don't invite people to our houses anymore to have community already, it turns out statistically, right? But also just to build an easy way to do that. So we allow people to just like, just join groups and do this thing and really create, it's so simple. It's so simple in fact, that there is a table community that starts today that just goes out to eat after this. Like you can't ask for easier than that. You gotta eat. You're gonna leave here and go somewhere. You might as well leave here and go somewhere with some other families and go eat together, right? I just wanna say this. I think sometimes we get in the way up here. We come up with a reason. Andy gave us four why we don't join communities, why we don't just dig deeper, why we don't go further. I want, to, I want to go further. I want to have real relationships. I want to have life-changing, significant, real relationships. Because it's fun to talk about the weather and it's fun to talk about the Vikings, whether they win or lose. But it's more fun to talk about things that matter. You know what I'm saying? You guys feel that? So when you guys leave today, here's what we're going to do. You're going to sign up for a table community. Sound good? Good. Okay, let's go. Now, there's a whole wall back there that has QR codes. You guys got a QR code when you got in here. There's amazing things that you could do today. So be a part of Table Communities. Now, we like to celebrate at Echo. Can we celebrate those that are here for the first time today? Come on. Yeah. We also want to celebrate those that said the prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time with us. Come on. 